Welcome to the Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where the conversation is always hot and fresh. Comfort food for your soul is always on the menu, and friends are close enough to hug. Pull up a chair. We've been waiting just for you. Welcome to Encouragement Cafe. I'm Luann Prater. I'm Rachel Olson. And I'm Teresa Mills. I want to think about travel in a different way. I wonder if today we could think about traveling with a purpose. And what I mean by that is, Rachel and, and Teresa, I know that we've all had those moments when God has absolutely asked us to pay attention while we're traveling because He has something in store. And it, and it takes me to the verse in Matthew 28 that says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And when we, when we read that verse and it says, therefore go, it means that it, it really is a, a verb that says, as you are going. So it's not just, hey, when I put my ministry hat on, I'm going to do the the Jesus thing. <laughs> it says, as you are going through life, whether it's the grocery store or your church or your neighborhood or work, it's as you are going, do these things. Let people see my light shining through you. So as we make our travel plans, I wonder if today we could invite God to travel along with us. And Rachel, I know that recently you took a trip to Italy with a group of students from the college. And I know that there were moments when you saw God in that trip and, and in other trips as well, but I'd love to hear how you traveled with a purpose. I had never been to Italy before and I had never led a group of students abroad before. And the week that we were going to be in Italy, a somewhat freakish thing happened and that Rome got hit with a snowstorm <laughs> and um, as did the U.S. So we couldn't get out of the U.S. We, could, we, we had to rent a bus and, and drive to other cities to try to get out on other flights. It was crazy. We lost the probably first two or three or four days of our trip. Um, so it started with a bang, <laughs> and it started with, right off the bat, a whole lot of uneasy students, you know? This just wasn't going smoothly. And um, I remember as I planned that trip, I wondered if there might be moments during the trip when I would need to kind of step in. Maybe a student might feel uh, homesick or anxious. I wondered if I would have to be, you know, sort of the mama to them uh, or the pastor to them or something. I didn't know that that was going to be the case right out of the gate, <laughs> um, but it was. Uh, but I guess... Um, that, that made it more memorable. You know, we made I had students on that trip who had never left our hometown before, much less had never been on an airplane, had never been out of the country. So um, that was really kind of amazing to see this whole adventure through their eyes because literally everything was brand new to them. Um, and that was exciting. It was an honor to, to sort of witness those sorts of things. 
Well, I was just going to say, Teresa, I know you recently went on a trip to China. And I would love to hear, and you and you welcome Chinese students into your home. I love that whole aspect. I mean, you travel every day by getting up and going into your living room. <laughs> it is true. I, I used to say, you know, if I can't make it to the country, I'll invite the country to come to me, and um, which was great. You know, I had these students for a couple years, and they invited us to come to China. Their parents wanted to meet us and, and show us all around, and... So, you know, this was not a trip that, you know, we set out to be these great Christian examples. <laughs> we were, but we set out to like, oh my goodness, this opportunity is here. Yes, praise God, we're going to go. And um, what was amazing is that when we did, it was just fascinating to see how many different places that God would show up. And I remember I was on the Great Wall in China, something I never imagined I would ever do. I mean, come on. <laughs> Who thinks they're going to get to do that? And when I was there, I was I was looking around thinking, man, God, you are here. And it was so beautiful to see this. And then we actually um, discovered a uh, Christian church right in the heart of Beijing. And her parents were excited to take us there to show us. Now, they'd never been there, but they knew that we were believers. And so they took us there. And when we went in... Um, my little student, she was translating for us, and I asked one of the ladies at the church, I said, I knew music was a connection. And I said, could you sing a song? And she started singing in Chinese, what a friend we have in Jesus. And in that moment, I started singing with her in English once I kind of picked up the tune. And we were singing together, this beautiful Chinese Christian woman and me, we couldn't understand one another's language, but we were both singing about our dear friend Jesus. And they invited us to stay for a service that night so that we could all sing, Jesus Loves Me, together. And um, my international student, her father stayed. And he's not a believer in Jesus, but I saw him leave an offering at that church when we left there. And he stayed and he heard all of the words of Jesus Loves Me. Now we did sing that chorus like five times, and I thought, oh my gosh, I didn't know there were that many verses to <laughs> Jesus Loves Me. <laughs> I just kept singing the same one over and over again. I don't know what they were singing, but I just kept the same verse. But it was powerful to see in that moment something we didn't plan, but that God had in mind, even on this, this fun little excursion we had for my sweet student's dad to really hear about Jesus for the first time. One of the things that I love to do when I travel is go to a local church. And no matter the city or the country, it's always um, warming to my heart uh, to just be able to be anywhere on the planet and know that I can walk into a, a church and, and worship and have a connection with the people around me. I, I think that that's key. You know, it's key to be uh, be able to shine God's light in any circumstance, in any place. And we all have an opportunity to make great connections when we travel. And maybe it's, I mean, that, that was uh, a major connection. But maybe it's just a slight connection, you know, that God offers to you. And we tune in. Uh, for example... It seems like he likes to talk to me on airplanes. He wants me to make sure that I'm paying attention 
to the people around me. And I, I'm, I'm going to be honest, there's sometimes I just want to get on and get off because it's such tight quarters. But most times God is knocking on my heart to notice other people. And when you travel with a purpose and you say, okay, God, I don't know what you've got in store, but you do. So let my antennas go up and help me to see. Now, he did that with me when I was traveling alone. And I saw a little girl sitting beside me who was scared to death. And I, I saw her, but I had been up late and I hadn't had a lot of sleep. I was tired. It was an early flight. And I really just wanted to snuggle into my pillow and, and pretend like it, everything was going to go away. But God just kept knocking on my heart saying, pay attention pay attention. So I did. And I said, is this your first time flying? Oh, yes, 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 it is. And I found out that she was just turning 18. She had uh, never flown before. She had taken a Greyhound bus from LA to Raleigh to visit her sister. And her sister said, no, 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 you are not riding the bus back. It took her days to get to her sister. So her sister put her on this plane to go back home to L.A., and she was petrified and in the middle seat. And, and one thing led to another, and I ended up talking to her, getting to know her. And as it turned out, I taught a class at my church for six years, young girls, and they had just turned 18. And so I knew all of the different fears. It, didn't, it wasn't just about flying. It was about life. She was scared to death of what was next. And so as we talked, I was able to talk to her about, you don't have to be afraid, you know. God has a plan and a purpose for you. And I was able to get my Bible out and I showed her some verses and we talked and we ended up praying. And on that flight, we had a connecting flight in Houston and I went on to Oregon, she went on to LA. But in that moment from, from Raleigh to Houston, she gave her heart to Christ, and she cried and said, Oh my goodness, my mama's going to be so happy I sat by you. And when we got off the plane, we walked over, and I said, What's your, what's your connecting flight? And it was like gate E-22, and I said, Look, mine's E-21. We're right beside each other. So I walk with her, and right across from the gate is a bookstore. And I walk in there and I buy her a Bible and I highlight different things that she can read so she won't be afraid on the next leg. And for years we stayed in touch. Her name was Sherlon. And it's moments like that that you go, okay, God, I want to travel with purpose because I know that no matter where I go, you're already there. And no matter whose prayers you're trying to answer, I could be the one you're going to work through. So would you help me to have eyes to see that? Now, Rachel, you and I had another trip that we went on together to Ecuador. We did. We traveled to Ecuador with Compassion International. Now that flight, I remember um, being surrounded by a group of probably sixth grade girls uh, overnight flight when we were all exhausted and they were so excited to be um, <laughs> traveling and giggling. I remember trying desperately to sleep through that flight, but that was unsuccessful. Uh, but um, 
<laughs> I, I was miserable on that flight, uh, but they had a good time. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the trip to Ecuador was so touching because we were there with Compassion International. We were not there to sightsee. Um, we, we were there to actually go to the worst places, you know, to go to the poorest areas. Um, and that's what we did. And I would not have had that any other way. That was such an amazing trip we found ourselves on the side literally on the side of volcanoes (laughs) with people who were living in villages there with dirt floors um and you know pretty much their food was what they could grow um and it was just life-changing because what I remember most was uh those people had so little compared to what we have here in in the United States most of us Yet they were so happy, like they were so content. They did not seem plagued by anxiety or self-consciousness or, um, and, and the self-conscious thing, I also noticed none of them had mirrors. I don't think any of them knew what they looked like. I don't see how they could unless they occasionally caught a reflection in the, uh, the lake that was down at the bottom of the volcano that stuck with me thinking oh wow maybe I would be a happier person if I didn't know what I looked like well to me I will never forget um, Dorothy who uh, said you know I'm always a fix-it girl you guys know me well enough that if there's something wrong I want to find a way to fix it and so I'm looking at her and I see all these kids that she has and her husband works in the village and only comes home occasionally to um, to give them the money they need to survive the next month and like you said the side of the mountain dirt floor and we had taken games for them to play and you know we had no idea what to take and I remember giving them jacks well they try to bounce the ball on the on this slanted floor and of course the ball goes rolling down and I'm like oh we have no idea what a game would be for them that would be useful and fun and I I just remember thinking oh I've got to figure out what I can go back and ask my friends to do for them so I'm like can you please tell me what it is if you if you could have one thing what is the one thing you want and need in your life because I'll go back and ask for it. And she stopped and the translator told her what I said and she looked at me and she said, only that my children will grow to know Jesus with all their heart. That was it. I will never forget that because if... Yes. If I asked that same question in America, everybody would say, oh, only one thing, you know, and it would be something material. This woman understood the power of Jesus in their lives. So, yeah, that was a a very powerful trip. Especially considering their material circumstances, these um, these people that we visited, they were often sleeping four five, six people to a bed. Um, they often had no furniture or very minimal furniture, very minimal pots or pans or ways to cook things. Like they just had so little, but they were not fixated on 
um, getting material things that they did not have. They weren't fixated on getting entertainment things, you know, games for their kids. They wanted salvation for their loved ones. And uh, that was a sobering moment. So the question is, when we travel and we make our travel plans, Teresa, how can we make sure that we invite God along? It is interesting because, you know, when he's a part of your life, you have to realize that he's with you wherever you go anyway. And um, I I do remember there was a part in China that we were in this very remote, it was an ancient village, and God forgive me, but I can't remember how in the world you say the name of that city. But it was um, in the middle of the night, I started to have um, something kind of akin to a panic attack that happens every now and then to me randomly uh, in the middle of the night. And I sat up on the edge of the bed, and I'm in this old, old place And I have no idea if there's a hospital nearby, if I would be able to communicate what would happen. And as I was sitting there on the edge of that bed, it was such an alone feeling. And for a moment, I just felt so like, Lord. And the moment I just said, Jesus, it was like I could feel him sitting beside me on the bed. And the reality hit me that in a country that doesn't welcome him, in a city that didn't know him, he was still right there by my side. And I have never known the reality of him being with us, no matter where we go, more real than then. And so I feel like that we can have these revelations of who God is that come to us when we travel and we realize he's never gonna leave us across the world in a different place. He was still right there with me, so real. And I thank God for that. But then I also know that there are little ways, I mean, simple ways that you can shine for him without even realizing it. Because if you do take a flight, someone gave us uh, this information, Luann, that if you're on a long flight to remember that the, the the airline staff is also having to put in those hours. If you're on a 13 hour flight, that's hard for them too. And to show up with a little bag of chocolates and you know, something nice like that with a little note that says, hey, I know this is a long flight, but it's not just for us. It's a long flight for you, too. I want you to know that we're praying that this will be an excellent flight for you as well. We appreciate all that you do. And um, so I took that advice and we did that both coming and going. And the reaction from the flight attendants, I mean, every one of them, because you got to bring enough for everybody, just not your one. <laughs> um They all took a moment to come by and say, thank you for that. And then, quite honestly, it had a surprise effect. They were asking us if we wanted all kinds of things (laughs) that we didn't realize. But it gave opportunity to have some real conversation and for the door to open up. And because we had put in that card, we're praying that this will be a great flight for you as well. Um, It's an opportunity for you to just share some light and really touch folks that some people don't even think about blessing. They just think about complaining to. So God's with you. And there are many ways that he can show up and use you as you travel. And as we are talking about making our plans and and feeling like, okay, God, I, I don't want to feel like I'm just escaping. And I, I want to have my rest that, that I'm anxiously looking forward to. But what is it that you want me to make sure I have my eyes open to? 
And I think about uh, the trip that my husband and I took to Hawaii several years ago. It was our getaway. And we would go to Waikiki Beach and we'd watch the, the sunrise or the sunset. And it was just so gorgeous. And we kept running into this 57-year-old gentleman that strolled around the beach with his suitcase and he looked much older than his age and he looked exhausted and he looked over at us and said fireworks tonight and at that moment I knew that we had to just kind of stop and pay attention to this gentleman and my husband had a t-shirt on that had something about North Carolina on it and suddenly they struck up a conversation and we found out Keith was a graduate of Oregon State and he apologized that his hands were trembling because he had Parkinson's disease and before long we got to build a relationship with Keith and every day we would see him he was homeless and he was walking the beach and we had opportunities to pray with Keith, and I can't tell you what happened to Keith, but I know that God opened that door and gave us this moment in time to just be someone who recognized that he had value. And as we make our travel plans, I wonder, I wonder if we would be open to say, God, help me to see what you want me to see as I travel so that it will be with a purpose. Rachel, I know that you and Rick love to travel. And you had some experiences even in New York when you were taking your little girl up there. I would love to hear some travel stories that make you go, yep, that was God. Well, there's been many flights that I've been on, usually flying to speak at a church or a retreat somewhere. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm either on the way there, I'm very focused on what I need to do. And am I prepared? I usually want to review the notes for my messages that I'll be sharing on the way back. I've done usually like three days straight of ministry and I'm exhausted and I feel like I've done my uh, my service, if you will. Um, so point is, is either leg of the flight, I'm usually not wanting to engage in um, conversation or ministry with people around me. But as you were alluding to uh, earlier, it's interesting. People, when they travel, some people are just, they want to pull their ball cap down and put their headphones on and they want to almost pretend like, you know, nobody else on this plane exists or nobody else on this bus exists. But other people are more open than ever to talk to a complete stranger. They're fairly confident they'll never see again. So I've had people unload, you know, the trouble that's going on in their marriage that they haven't told anyone about. I've had people, um, you know, talk to me about the grief over losing a loved one that they can't seem to shake and, and get through. And I've found that travel's actually been uh, a time that it's almost easier to get down to the heart level stuff than if I were just, you know, at the bank 
beside this person or at the high school football game beside this person. So I've had some really meaningful conversations and been able to pray with people um, and, and um, you know, and follow up with them even afterwards, um, send, them, send them books or um, encouraging emails or whatnot. So I find that it's actually... You have both sides. You have the people who won't, you know, even make eye contact with you, even though they're sitting two inches away from you. Uh, but you have other people that are like, please see me. Please, you know, help me. Help see my pain. Help me with my problems. Please hear my confession. Um, and that's a, you know, that's a great place to be. That is. And so today, as we wrap this show up, we just want to say, as you're planning your travel, Would you travel with a purpose and invite God to give you His eyes to see those hurting hearts, see those people who need to know that He's there and God sees them? Hey, may the God of hope give you the courage to encourage others. We will see you back here next week. Thanks for joining us today at Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where women gather, friends laugh, and hearts mend. Let's continue our conversation. Hop online, when you get a chance to sit down and breathe, at encouragementcafe.com. Remember, this is God's ministry, so we ask for your prayers as we reach out to women in Jesus' name. We'll see you back here next week, where we fill you up one cup at a time. Hey, next time you're feeling alone or maybe a little bit lonely, maybe you're feeling left out of the crowd, we want you to know you're always welcome in Encouragement Cafe. You can pull up a chair at EncouragementCafe.com.